Welcome back to the Geeks at the Gates. We're just going to jump straight back in to the conversation between me, Alice and Hat about the way women are portrayed in comics and we do sort of stray into other areas of pop culture in this half of the conversation because we're the Geeks at the Gates and we can never stay on target. There may be a t-shirt in that. Hmm. Anyway, we're just going to drop straight into it. We will pick up pretty much exactly where we left off. That will involve us beginning to discuss the cover of Captain Marvel issue 3. All of the images that we talk about are available for your perusal in the show notes on the Destination Venus website. Just look in the blog section for uh, the second part of this conversation, uh, which I think is probably going to be called Visceral Dislike. The word visceral is definitely going to be in there somewhere. So yeah, that. Okay, anyway, yeah. Uh, enough nonsense from me. Let's just get into it. Uh, Captain Marvel issue three. I'm not keen on that cover. <laughs> Well, it's an interesting one. I, I told I'm sorry, it's a Rosie the Riveter thing, but then it's really not, and I'm not yeah, keen on now that. Yeah, you see, I pulled, like, no. I pulled this as an example because... Why? I see exactly what they're trying to do, and... At the same time, they fucked it. Like, what the hell is that? Oh, wow. I can't well, wait to get this It's out. interesting. It's, it's by Amanda Connor and Paul Muntz. Now, I normally, I like Amanda Connor's work. As an image, I quite like that cover, but I don't think it's doing what they think it's doing. It, it's, it, no. As you say, they're clearly going for a Rosie the Riveter kind of vibe. Yes, which would totally have worked if that back wasn't arched that way and she didn't have, like, the same size breasts as she does butt cheeks. Because that, that is, you know, gonna, no, just no, I'm sorry. That's, no, not keen on would that. Would we say that was a sexualized image? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I got two butt cheeks and I was gonna say, a bust I think, the size of the God thing, knows what. The bust, the bust I'm a, I don't mind. I do. I really... Uh, because of... Right. For me... Right. Okay. Let's, let's just talk about the angle that she has to be at for that to happen. Oh, it does work anatomically. <laughs> anatomically, it horrifies the shit out of me. And I'm really not loving the off-the-shoulder situation either. Like, what the fuck is that? Um, is yeah. that really meant to be Carol? Because it is meant to be Carol. Yeah. Wow, no. Um, no, it was the butt cheeks that particularly <laughs> that particularly drew my attention, which is they drew my attention too, but for yeah. all the wrong reasons. Yeah, I didn't say, and not not in a good way. Because look, I've seen women in yoga pants. I know, I know that that this can happen. Yes. But this is not what happens with Carol's flight suit. No, it is not. Um, because that's not what... Because Carol isn't wearing yoga pants. No, she's not. She's wearing a, a flight suit. Very different. And so it would make sense to draw some characters who do wear spandex in that way, although don't. <laughs> we can come back to the... Boobs. It's, let's come to again, the... Boob, let's discuss boob socks now. Why not? Let's have that conversation. It's, it's the button boobs shot again. It's the I mean, coquettish over-the-shoulder shot drives again. me insane. Like, how... That is, that is absolutely, it takes what should be a powerful image. Rosie the Riveter, right, there are many different Rosie the Riveters, and there are, there are some absolutely stunning versions of Rosie out there. And I 
love Rose and Rose. I think it's just one of the most powerful images, that whole idea of, like, women being strong and getting through shit. And we and, can do it. And we can do it, you know. I actually have a poster of that on the wall at work, because, my God, I need it some days. There's some phenomenal versions uh, of her, and, oh, I could get into a whole thing, and I'll send you a thing later about it, because she's just, she's such, there's so much more to her than just that we can do it image. And having Links that, in the show notes. Yeah, I will. That specific idea, you know, with the bandana and everything, it has such a connotation. And then to take it and put her in an off-the-shoulder top, ineffectually waving a hammer, because, please, the arm is mildly flexed, but my God, if I ever held a hammer like that, thing, I would probably hurt myself. Headcanon, she is Carol Danvers, and therefore can hit things really hard without really trying. No, not with that limb-wristed friggin' hold, she can't. And <laughs> she just can't. Sorry, it's going to get her back. I mean... No. And then again, this thing of her looking like she's grunting over her shoulder. And that's a grunt face. That is that is sex face. Someone has put sex face on Carol Danvers. That is upsetting. That's not effort face. I don't believe Carol, Dan Dan Carol Danvers' effort face looks like that. Do you know what? I didn't read it as that. What did you read No, that? I read it as effort face. You read it as, I'm having a nap? I mean, what is that? That's just no. I read that as an effort grimace, but, you know. With this whole top line, this over-the-shoulder malarkey, and this? No. I... I fail. <laughs> Sorry. I will buy this comic from you, but I don't like the cover <laughs> at all. I feel, just looking at it... There's that... been some really, really poor cover choices for this run yeah. of Captain Marvel, I'm sorry. The issue one cover choice, dreadful. And that, awful as well. I just feel like it's lazy, because as you said, we've seen this pose one too many times, and I think as we've learned, we've, just, we've, we've had enough of it. <laughs> but to do that to a Rosie the Riveter thing just really upsets me as yeah. well, man. Like, well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's taking a symbol of female empowerment and disempowering it. I mean, there are so many different things that they could have done with that same... Basically, with all of that, all of that imagery, but mm. put her in a different pose, which could have been far more empowering. Perhaps even go full art, like not just have her wearing the Rosie Ripton outfit, actually have her in a pose. In one of the poses, because there are many. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So I see your point, but I definitely see your point as well. I just think, yeah, they could have done better with it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it, I mean, it doesn't fill me with. My point, I don't... Dread and no, disgust. No, it doesn't fill me with dread and disgust. It fills me with, my God, that's so fucking lazy. I was going to say, my, my point is that I don't dislike it as much as Hack Lily does. But <laughs> I, uh, I have feelings. I do think I do think it doesn't do what they set out to do. No. I do think it's a miss, not a hit. It's a big miss. And I think... And she would miss as well if she swung that hammer. <laughs> I think no, the, the, but I think it's in, this is indicative of where we are in that a female artist was involved in creating that. No one's tit sticks out that far with their arm in that position. And thought, Even mine. And thought it was okay. And an editor looked at that and approved it to be the main cover. Oh. So you know, I'm open before before anybody emails in. <laughs> I am open to the possibility that we're being fragile little snowflakes and reading things into this that are not there. But at the same time. Yeah. I'm what I'm reading into that though is you're mentioning the editor and a lot of other people that are involved. Mm. It's and I, what I'm taking from that is that it's not simply an issue with artists; it's also an issue with ed editors. Maybe saying, yep. actually, do you know what? I want you to redo that whole thing. I know this is going to be an absolute pain, but this is mm. this is not okay. And this does happen. Um, I, mean, I wouldn't say to me. I look at it and I'm like, I don't think of it. I don't look at it and I'm not. I'm not skewed out by it. I just think, like, I would... Yeah, just, if I was the editor of that, I would be, like, try harder. Like, that yeah. That for mm. me is not... 
It does not represent Carol. That doesn't Sorry, represent Captain Marvel. Of, I just I, I just thought of Prometheus just then when you said try harder. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, um, you know, like, I don't feel it's representative of the character. And it wouldn't take a lot of tweaking. No. It really wouldn't. Maybe there wasn't time. Maybe there was a thing. I mean, uh, straighten her back for a start. Have her lean forward a little bit and don't make her turn over her shoulder like that. I mean, Jesus. You know, I mean, mean, a a good example of an editor looking at a cover and going, nah, Mm. uh, is that image of Poison Ivy from Heroes of the Oh, absolutely. That was not used and it was never intended to be used because the the editor, and I think Tom King also, kind of said, no, this is not what we want. Mm. We don't want that. I don't think anybody would. And so they did it. They went away and they did it again, and that's fine. An artist can make a mistake, not you know, not get the feel quite right, not get the tone quite right. That's fine. That's not a problem. But the fact that we do still have a problem, an editorial problem, is clear. I mean, I go back to the Bonaro Spider-Woman cover. I mean, an, an actual editor picked up an actual phone and rang an actual porn artist <laughs> oh, to ask God. them to draw a cover for a mainstream, aimed at girls, oh. comic book. And that seems to me to be, I'm going to go with eccentric choice. That is such a nice way of putting it. Um, I would go with deranged. Um, I'm not qualified to make that kind of diagnosis. My only response is just, what the actual motherfucking <laughs> fuck? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, this, yeah, look, I just hate it. But it's not, on, on a lot of levels, it isn't... God, it's objectionable in so many ways. But it's it's not... It, the bar is so low, isn't it? It's not that bad. It could be worse. I was going to say, isn't that an indication of where we are? Oh, uh, God, it's eight. so sad. And then you turn you open it, and look at this gorgeous artwork. Look, this is what the covers of this damn book should look like. Captain Marvel... I'm sorry, this is just me getting onto a whole other round. Captain Marvel has got a cover issue. Not just this specific cover. The covers for this run, the cover for the first issue of this run of Captain Marvel... Was awful. Was god-awful. They have got a real problem choosing cover artists. Please go, choose Jen Bartel and Chris Anker, and then stop if you're choosing anybody mm. else. Just to, just as a contrast, as it happens, Captain Marvel issue 3, on the back, has an advert for the Captain Marvel soundtrack, featuring a a picture of Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. It's more like it. That would have made a much that, better cover. That is it? a much better cover. I mean, look, that's a strong character. That's like if You're I... looking for a superhero. You're not looking at the person on the front and thinking, that's a superhero. You're looking at the person on the front thinking, that is someone on America's Next Top Model trying to pretend to be a welder. Uh, or, you know, you're not looking at... Yeah, I, I think when I rack this tomorrow morning, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do it backwards. <laughs> yeah. I think makes more sense. Yeah, I, I might do that, actually. Yeah. What else have you got? I'm excited. Oh, I had a look at um, Invisible Kingdom. That made me think... Of- oh, oh Invisible Kingdom is well, so beautiful. Uh, I can't wait to read this because I'm a huge... Well, huge fan of Christian Ward's artwork. Mm. I mean, I've the only other thing I've read, well, with, uh, not buying it because he didn't buy it, uh, is Odyssey. And that is just so beautiful. It's psychedelic, vibrant, just incredible. And there's a lot of sexual content in there. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> it's an adaptation of the Odyssey. Hold on, sorry. In space. We have not at any point mentioned sex criminals. <laughs> I'm just... And we really... That's a massive misstep. Apologies for interrupting you there. <laughs> Let's go back to what you're saying. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to sex yeah. criminals. So, as you can imagine, with it being an adaptation of the Odyssey, a lot of shit went down in Greece when the Greeks were kicking about. Yeah, they still were. Yeah. about. But when the... Yeah. There's a lot of rape and... Yeah, shit. The usual. Yeah. Well, not just rape, but just, 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 just sexual inappropriateness, to put it nicely. 
nicely. And yet, uh, and and, it, and it's featured in it, and rightfully so. But it doesn't feel gratuitous in any way, or skeevy. Or yes, I I, I love that word too. <laughs> but then also on the flip side, because um, what it, it I don't, if you don't know a lot about it, oh. basically it's the Odyssey set in space, and they've gender flipped everybody. Oh wow! So Odysseus is Odysseus. And she also, she actually has a wife, so it's not like she's gone to war and the husband's been All right, okay. So it's, yeah. So, so and uh, Helen is a male character in this world. And it's just, it's really interesting that kind of, di- what kind of power dynamic is there. All right, and, yeah. And, yeah. and there's also moments of consensual sex in there, because, of course, Odysseus, well, in the original material, Odysseus was sleeping around so Odysseus will be bit. doing that and that is all it's absolutely gorgeous and in those moments it's sensual it's just fluorescence it's it's lovely and in the moments where there are just trigger warnings for anybody but, mm, yeah. uh, there are a, a, a brutal rape does occur and it's horrific as and rightfully so, contextually, and it's not, and that's in no way sexualized, and that's the important thing. Indeed, if yeah, you're, yeah, if you're definitely. ever going to address that or present that in your work, that's fine, but don't, please, don't sexualize the imagery because that's just that's not what it is. It's an act of violence. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's bad enough that it's a fetish of some people, and, and we're on day. I feel like I'm on thin ice now for saying this because some people will say, well, that is just a thing that that turns some people on. It's like, yeah, but we've got to address the reason why that turns some people on, maybe. Um, I mean, I, I get it, but and maybe those people don't go on to actually think of it. It's, it, is, it's, it doesn't help when that, there is that imagery out there. Like, yeah, like that, the original imagery that we were picture that, Yes. It's all here today. <laughs> um, that sexualization of somebody's trauma. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And the fact that that was something that, in spite of it, of everything that's happened recently in, you know, with Me Too, mm-hmm. uh, Times Up, the fact that that didn't occur to the artist that maybe this kind of framing isn't appropriate. There's something still there. But thankfully, there are artists. Like Christian Ward and men, and the many other male artists that actually can can do that without degrading or sexualizing trauma. So, tra- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think it's Christian Ward is another person that is just not only is a beautiful you know artist, but he he, he gets it. I've not read Invis- Invisible Kingdom. It's very good, very good. I've got no idea where it's going. And also, it's it's written by G. Willow Wilson, yeah, which is say, another yeah, reason why reason I'm looking Because as Reg knows, I, I love her now for Ms. Marvel. And yeah, oh God, her Ms. Marvel stuff is so good. Um, although, she's left now. Uh, Saladin yeah, yeah. Ahmed is knocking it out of the park. Yeah. He's doing a really good I job. I love his writing. Oh, I did just disappear for a minute, because I thought, uh, since, uh, since Hat brought it up, uh, I thought I had um, a copy of Sex Criminals issue oh, one yeah. in the image first variation of that, but I don't. I wonder if my mother found them and was offended. <laughs> now that this, your former home 
is a matriarchal paradise. This is another comic that I haven't read that so many people have talked about. Sex Criminals, is, is, I haven't really read it. I, I know it. I've, I've Everyone it. knows it. Um, I, it's, Everyone has heard of it. It's, it's, it's known to me mostly for um, teenage boys giggling over the title. Yes. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, it's only because... I, I, as you know, I work in HB. Um, and as we have a poster rack, and the boys are always looking for the half naked. Yep. Picture. Not shocked. And <laughs> times have not changed, have they? I was 14 once, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, stapler. Back to the stapler. No, but the thing with Sex Primals is it's literally a comic about people that have sex to stop time. Yeah. That's what it is. And yet we've not had any disturbing imagery within this. An awful lot of sex. Lots of sex. But nothing that makes you go, ooh. No. Um, it, it's, in fact, that's about as much as I can say about that book in this context. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's that thing again. It's certainly it, it, not what I thought it was when I first saw it on the rack. Yeah, that title uh, does instill fear. And yet, it's not used the way you think it is. Yeah. No, but that's, I mean. I think it's quite interesting. But that, I mean, that's clearly deliberate oh, for yeah. a start. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's, it's, and, you know, I mean, it's a good one. Uh, I did manage to find a copy of Bitch Planet, though. Yes. Which, you know, features... Actually, I think I've just gone past the nudity. The shower scene. Oh, this is issue one, so oh, okay. the shower scene is not in here. But, yeah, I mean, there is yeah. very, very definite the full frontal nudity yep. in here. It is, of course, by the amazing Kelly Sue DeConnick. And uh, who's, who's drawing this? Valentine Delandro. Delandro, yeah. I have it written. And it's done, again, in a, in a not in any way sexualised way. So the, the whole the thing that just gets me with the whole, the, the, the reason we're here today, is that you don't have to do that. Like, you can do things, you can draw things that are much more easily sexualizable and not do that. So how come you can't draw... I was going to say, I think it's... I just don't get it. I think it's actually more, for me... It's more than you don't have to do that. For me, it's a... You really shouldn't yeah, it's do a, that. Yeah, it's a genuine, don't do that. Yeah. Actually make a conscious effort to not do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about... Because obviously, like, there's there's been in many, many comics pictures, uh, the series of images of uh, female superheroes taking their costume off, which are done in that sexy arms lifted over the head way. You know, there is always going to be that imagery that, especially in older comics, I, I went looking today, God help my Google history. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, Emma Frost, for Emma Frost. Um, oh God, the things they've made I that woman wear. It's just horrendous. Um, you mean, not even getting into costuming. Let's not even talk about that today. But, you know, not just in the comics, in the films, oh, everything. But you know, there's there's so many people that that this. It's easy to not do that. It's easy to show someone getting changed after a really hard day's work because that's essentially mm. what is happening in most of those images that are then pushing that direction. Well, I mean, and like I said, Batwoman, Steve, uh, Steve Epting, Batwoman stripping down to a sports bra, no sexualization. And then I found another one by one of our favorite favorite artists, Terry Moore shows oh bless her yes shows um and i can't remember which character it is because i was literally flipping through getting ready for bed taking off her uh, her clothes putting on her pajamas getting into bed and it's done in just the most domestic way possible yeah you just sit there and go yeah look at that in fact good work you, and he can draw some beautiful to sexy your point women. yeah to your point so sexy how have we not mentioned terry yeah, how have we not mentioned terry um Moore? i i yeah. Oh, catch you. Mm-hmm. Katrina Chuvansky. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. Strangers I, in Paradise. I, I'm 
I'm, I, I go very weak over Catchy. I mean, I'm very much... Who doesn't? I'm very much not her type, but it's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Terry Moore does that well. And actually, again, to your point, mm. of, I know it caused a lot of fuss. And actually, it's very interesting to me that it caused a lot of fuss. But Batman getting his cock out in... Uh, oh, wow. And we don't, have a, we don't have a copy of that. I'm really sad that you don't have a copy um, of that. I'm really sad that I don't have a copy of that. <laughs> Because I don't have a copy because I sold it. Because <laughs> we were a thought bubble when you realised you didn't have a yeah. copy because um, you got rid of it. I but I um, I did flick through it before the controversy hit. <laughs> yes, yes, you definitely can see Batman's cock in the context. That, I'm so sorry, I'm laughing so hard at that. In the context, that cock. In the context that he has, as you say, basically come home from work and he's taken his and he's taken his suit off yeah. and he's on his own in the Batcave. There's no particular reason to put on a bathrobe, oh, so he you. hasn't. Um, and that is literally it. And there's I again, say that, I mean, it might be a little breezy in the Batcave. There's that. But we're underground, it can get quite warm under there. It's true, actually. And I don't imagine the back cave is heated. Yeah, he's got enough money for that. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind um, of central air system. You know, and again, it's it's in no way a sexualised or sexy image. It's a picture of a naked bloke. Um, yes, but that's viewed very differently, isn't it? Well, and that's my point, mm-hmm. really. The panic. Um, the I mean, horror. we can have... I think it's just because we're not used to it. We I can mean... have literal porno images <laughs> of, women. of women. On covers! On the cover... And it's know. like one tiny. I'm sorry, Batman. It's not tiny, but you know, it's like one little one image. Stop saying little. It's just, <laughs> I'm not trying to diminish your no, Batman. So sorry. Do you know what I think? Bat- I think Batman's secure enough in his masculinity. Yeah, he probably is. He doesn't have an issue. Doesn't care. Um, but the fact that it was literally like it wasn't. It was mm. contextually valid. Made perfect sense. And it was between the sheets, as it were, of the comic. Yeah. It wasn't like. He has a backcock on the cover. And yet it caused <laughs> it caused so much fuss. Ridiculous amount of fuss. That it's never going to be reprinted. Devastating. For fuck's really? sake. Honestly. I mean like, the, the the level of double standard here it's insane, is insane. Is And I bet there was no outrage over the fact that you can see no, everything uh, in Bitch Planet. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean yeah, I mean, we have we have Full on visible female genitalia here. Yep. But yeah, I, I find that only recently um, in a lot of television film, suddenly there are men that. <laughs> Game, yeah, of Thrones, that Game of Thrones has been a real leveller of the playing field, yeah, hasn't it? Just getting there. You know, a reasonable amount of wang in uh, Game um, of Thrones. <laughs> whereas I think, pri- like, do you know what, actually? Except about 10 years ago. No, wait, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Watchmen at the cinema. Giant blue penis swinging across the screen. Oh, do we not remember in Watchmen? Oh yeah. Where actually, I didn't. See, I didn't see that in the cinema, I so did. it didn't make such a big <laughs> ten, impression on me. Ten foot blue cock swinging is gonna gonna stick in the mind a little bit. Yeah, my wife was so horrified. I can't tell you, and she just kind of in the seat next to me. I was very, I was prepared for it, um, but I don't think I was prepared for it on that scale in the Odeon. To be quite honest. <laughs> Reading it in the comic, lots more. Um, yeah, so. Well, yeah. actually, also, Dave Gibbons draws him in the comic reasonably proportioned, shall yes. we say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that that exists in, in comics uh, mm. canon. But, yeah, the backpack thing, it does, it does really illuminate that double standard. And, like you say, we are getting a l- somewhere towards We're getting some more parody. cock on screen now. We are now. <laughs> HBO really likes to, to do that. <laughs> but this is the whole thing, isn't it? That, that whole 
There is. Oh, they're always. Oh, How's like being a, like naked women? Fine. Naked men? Oh no. Yeah. And um, I think like I don't know. It's I just feel like weird. I wanna, yeah. Like why? Why is that? I feel like I want to take the stance. I know it's very controversial to say I'm going to take the stance. Um, that's Chris Pratt does considering a lot of uh, uh things that uh are surrounding mm-hmm. his. Um, mm-hmm. but this was from a few years ago mm-hmm. when he said. I'm all right with women being sexualized, so long as men are being sexualized now. So, okay, yes, there's, well, that's an issue, yes. But at the same time, if we're going to have naked women on screen, so long as it fits within the context of it, let men also be <laughs> naked on screen for the same reason. Yeah, you see, I... Contextually. Yes. I... Maybe I should. I wouldn't use the word sexualized, but... I'm choosing my words really carefully now. Um, I... <laughs> do not have a problem with nudity at all. I don't seek it out, particularly. Um, but I, I not, I'm not bothered by it. I am not, I'm not Mike Pence. I'm not mortally offended. <laughs> I do not fear for my mortal soul. In fact, I can go further than that. A really nicely proportioned naked lady is a fine thing to observe. I can go that far. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not a prude, I think is what I'm saying. Um, I don't have a problem with any of that. I don't have a problem with images being on the screen for the purposes of titillation, particularly. There is a context in which that is fine. But for the sake of as, doing it. As you said, whatever gets you off. But in mainstream media, it seems to me at least, and, you know, I think the world has been waiting for the opinion of the middle-aged white man in the room. Whoever is. <laughs> It seems to me that the, the, the problem we have in mainstream media is twofold, but both folds are basically power. Until very recently, it's changing. It hasn't changed. It's no. changing in comics. Until very recently, in comics, the people who got to say, yeah, you can have a job. Yeah, you can, you can write this book. You can draw this book were largely men and the people they employed were largely men, which meant that we got a very, we got a very skewed version of that. Because they were creating what they wanted. Yeah, absolutely. And in cinema and television yeah. and film. And the same, the same is definitely yeah. true of cinema. Yeah. The same is definitely true of TV. And that's not a problem if, at the same time, you have other people with different desires and ideas and aesthetic things. And you get them and they are doing the same thing. Because then you have diversity. Yeah. But when all the power is with one particular type of person, even if they're not abusing that power, it's going to skew things. Yeah. And that means the media that people are going to have available to consume is also going to be skewed. Yeah. And that's a problem because then you you end up with a situation where this shit is so normalised that people don't think about it and you end up with the cover to Captain Marvel 3. Yep. And I think, I think that's where we are. Does that sound about right? Yes, yes. Absolutely. And as I said, I think it's changing. I mean, for a long time now, you've had editors like Karen Berger and Shelley Bond. People are calling it out more as well. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, I really got into comics in the late 80s. <laughs> Karen Berger. Karen Berger was just getting started. Vertigo didn't exist yet. But the little corner of DC that she was in charge of was already being called the Burger Books. You know, then she, she created Vertigo. Shelley Bond took over Vertigo when, when she moved on. You've had writers like Gail Simone. Mm, um, yeah, artists like Colleen Duran, you know, it's it's been there, but it's not been there enough, and that's beginning to change. I mean, we've got you know, writers like Kelly Sue 
Deconic. Yeah, Dear God, I can't remember her name. Um, is writing King Captain Marvel and West and West Coast, <laughs> and West Coast Avengers and Glow. Sorry, I got really excited then. Right? Kelly Thompson. Kelly Thompson. You know, and yeah, you've, I, I, it's beginning to change. And you've got direct, you've got female directors directing action movies now. Yes. And they, and it's beginning to be less macho, less testosterone poisoned. It's very slow. It is a bit, isn't it? Tectonic. Yeah. On the upside, I can tell you, just anecdotally, but I do spend all day, every day on the ground floor of a cinema. When Aquaman was on, it was a very different set of people walking past to go and see Aquaman than I was noticeably different to the people who walked past to go and see Justice League. Oh, really? I wonder why that is. Justice League <laughs> was lots of teenage lads, lots of lads and dads, some some women. Yeah. You know, some some women who were clearly the girlfriend, part stroke partner, who was being dragged along and not really all that interested. You know, some genuine fans, of course. Oh, Aquaman was different. Yeah, I can imagine it would have been. Jason hey, Momoa shirtless. It was very, very different. There were lots of there were lots of quite pleased looking girlfriends <laughs> going to see it with their boyfriends, stroke partners, um, dragging them slightly. Um, there were lots of mums and sons. Wow. Which is an which which actually is a bit awkward. Oh wow, brilliant! I love it. I hope that it was um, really awkward for but everybody were, involved. But there were also actual groups of women. Brilliant, going to see it. Um, so sometimes women objectify men too. Yeah, yeah. It's just they so seldom get the opportunity. I think. Jason the... Momoa shirtless is a reason for a lot of people to go to the cinema. Look, well, I've said this before. I'm as I'm as set as it gets, and I will go and watch Jason Momoa shirtless. Yeah. He's a fine figure of a man. He is a wonderful specimen. And I am more than secure enough in my masculinity <laughs> to say that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, another just... thing we've got to thank Game of Thrones for. Yeah, Jason Momoa Oh, no, I don't like him in Game of Thrones. No one likes him in but, Game of Thrones. Uh, it's all a bit rapey. He's so horrifyingly rapey. And that's a wonderful uh, back to the sexualization of rape. Thanks, Game of Thrones, for that. That's a big problem with that. But, you know, at least we've got naked Hodor. Um, with a prosthetic penis. Really, was it? That's such a shame. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I only mentioned thanking Game of Thrones for that because that's that was his first, that was his breakout role, really, wasn't it? I can't think of what he did. I, I, are you discounting Baywatch? I was going to say he was in Baywatch, um, <laughs> which that is. I mean, to be fair, if you see him in Baywatch, <laughs> he looks like he's twelve. <laughs> he's he's um, so adorably young in there. It's cute. Oh, I'm sorry, I've never you watched have to watch that one. You have to find that one. Um, uh, it's currently available on Amazon Prime for those of us that have Amazon Prime. I have been rewatching. You know what? Living the eighties. I, I have got. I have got Amazon Prime. I am not wasting my time watching Baywatch again. I have. It's been really quite funny. It was a terrifying waste of my Saturday nights when it was on, right? and I was fourteen. Yeah. I mean, when I was fourteen, I had an excuse for watching it. Right, honest. stapler. And it's, Baywatch is a lot more than a stapler. That is, Jesus, that is... <laughs> it's inexcusable. Like, now, television, it look like that, I would die. That stapler's never going away, is it? <laughs> Sorry. It's like Bonnie <laughs> LaGeorge all over again. Um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, I can totally see that happening, that people are... Be, I'm glad that Aquaman exists. Um, if not for that purpose, but for the purpose of, you know, Aquaman getting to be Jason Momoa rather than being, you know... 
some doofy looking dude like he was in Smallville, which is just kind of sad. And like, you know, you fish friends. Yay. At least with Jason Momoa, it was kind of more like, you know, actually, let's do something about the sea. This is kind of cool. I'm a big merman. I don't know. It just he, he made Aquaman a lot cooler. You looked at him and thought, "Yeah, you're king of the sea, right?" Rather than like yeah. doofy looking yeah. lifeguard. He's, cre- he's credible. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's credible as king of anything. I could, yeah, yeah. He walks out the sea and says, "I'm king of the sea. I'm gonna go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for <laughs> yep. you. Yep. yep. <laughs> Whatever you say, Your Highness. That's fine totally. by me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. No, I was just gonna briefly mention before we were uh, uh Hawkeye Initiative. Oh and yes, we we, we, we the, mentioned it and then completely one of the major matter. reasons I think that I think that there has been uh, a movement and a shift and people being slightly more aware and maybe people actually looking at the whole way that um, super superheroines, female superheroes are shown um, and actually going, hold up, is through the Hawkeye Initiative, which kind of came from like one tweet saying, um, imagine Hawkeye in that pose and see if you still think it makes sense. And that's kind of how it all started. And I believe it was Noelle Stevenson. I don't really want to heap any more on her plate, Paul. And, um, she is amazing and I love her. And thank you for Loma Janes. You amazing, amazing person. You would never listen to this, but never mind. So, you know, and also she, right? Yay. That kind of happened. And if you go to the Hawkeye Initiative Tumblr, uh, you can see lots and lots of people have drawn Hawkeye. Uh, and some artists, some brilliant, amazing artists back when it first came out were just redrawing whole covers with Hawkeye in these stupid and ridiculous poses that Catwoman gets put in, mm-hmm. um, where she must have to have like 19 extra vertebrae and uh, some kind of terrifying scoliosis, frankly. Um, so there's like, quite a few of these amazing, uh, amazing uh, pieces of artwork out there. And it really does highlight like, yeah, actually, that makes no sense mm. at all. There is somewhere on the Internet. If I can find it, it will be in the show notes. Um I, I don't know whether this predates the Hawkeye Initiative or whether it is a result of the Hawkeye mm-hmm. Initiative. Uh, I saw it before I knew about the Hawkeye Initiative. So, yeah. um, But it's the Avengers, I think it's the first is it, Avengers poster, but with all the male characters photoshopped into the pose that Scarlett Johansson is in. <laughs> I um, really want to see that. I, don't, I miss that. In particular, <laughs> looks ridiculous. Um, and that's it that's just what it comes down to it's like if you wouldn't do it with a male hero why why are you doing it I think everyone just needs to leave Scarlett Johansson alone just stop making a stand in those poses we know she's got a nice ass. we know she's got a nice (laughs) pair of you see see, I'm I'm genuinely torn here because intellectually I agree with you (laughs) but at the same time, she's she's beautiful regardless as to what pose time, she's I can, standing I can in. I totally which... stand to watch Stagali Hansen in that pose. Okay, let's talk about briefly again. This is a film poster issue. The Lara Croft film poster where they did something truly horrifying to Photoshop it so that she could have her boobs and her butt and still be facing the camera. And the sorry, which t- is this the, the is new, this new one? Oh, and the way they did it, I was going to say. I saw this in the audience. I walked in and I went, what the hell? have they done in that picture that is the worst photoshop job i've ever seen in my life she ended up with one trap and like a weird almost like dinosaur like neck in order to get her head to turn that way so that everything could be seen because it's literally a photograph and it is oh. yeah um digital design twitter had a minor meltdown over that one and it's this it's the same thing of like why are you forcing your female heroes into these positions which make no sense to them as characters and- 
So mm. for a character who is meant to be strong and powerful yeah. and surviving all odds and stuff like Lara Croft or Black Widow, let's not fuck about. You know, she's strong, she's powerful. She can use the sexual wiles I was gonna say, when she needs to and when she wants to, but she doesn't always have to be Natasha, like, here is everything. Yeah, you see, N- N- Natasha is not just someone who can use her sexuality to her advantage. No. She is trained to do so. Yeah. She's Red Room. Yeah. And so it sort of makes sense that she might do it as a matter of course because it's so ingrained. I can genuinely give Black Widow a pass on that score. But it doesn't make sense for most female characters Absolutely to not. do that. No. Um, there's no reason why Emma Frost would. God, no. Oh, the, the, only time, the only thing I like about, oh, about them doing you. that... The only thing I like about them doing that with Emma Frost is uh, in... I think it's first class. Yeah. Where oh God, the costumes and sedu- that. Where I was she's just like, can you not just give her like a? But she seduces the Russian yeah, general. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And we see it, and it, it seems a little full on. Mm. And then the camera pans back, and we see that in fact it's just a mind projection. Yeah. And he's sitting and on she's the bed. Just sitting there. She's, she's just sitting and she's in a chair reading a book. And, <laughs> yeah. and he's. Oh no, she's eating crackers. It's, something. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's he's there. Given it the whole, I'm doing a mime now and no one can see what I'm doing. But yeah, he's hooking. It was really good. It was very impressive, yeah. just like the film. He's making out with thin air, um, which makes him ridiculous. Yes. That I don't mind. That's funny. Absolutely. And that, um, yeah, that subverts the trope. And yeah. that's, the, that's the difference. And that's clever. That, yeah. That, somebody just, thought about that mm-hmm. and did a clever thing. Mm-hmm. That's a subversion. Well, she, that's different. she just looks at him and thinks, pathetic. And she says, Pathetic. Yeah. Because mm. she can actually see that even though she's gotten used to using her feminine wiles to get what she wants, yeah. needs or wants, but she can just, she can see that actually this, how is it so easy to manipulate men this yeah. way? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so can you explain this to us? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because I'm a dude and I'm not that self aware. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Natasha Romanoff, um, yeah, the first time you see her in those films, you know, she's in a, in a, in a situation, and I, I totally get how she is used in that way. Uh, well, actually, the first... Her the, ways. Oh, jeez, I just said, well, actually, fuck's sake, just give me a fedora. Um, <laughs> but the first time, the first time you see Natasha Romanoff in the movies is in Iron Man 2, and we don't know who she is. She's... She's someone that Pepper's brought in from legal. I'm going to need to rewatch some films now. Because I somehow have missed And she's wearing a perfectly conservative, as you would wear in an office, sort uh-huh. of skirt and blouse. And yet, the first time we see her, we still get that shot where the camera's at butt height. And she oh, my God. Pa- and she walks, I have notes on that butt height sa- camera. She sachets past it. We still get that shot. I have this. Look, I literally wrote, and I will read it to you. And it's really bad. It's really badly written because I was trying to explain it. Any shot which frames the image as though the camera is trying to look at female characters, but but subtly, which it isn't. <laughs> and that is basically that shot. It's like, here is a butt, and I'm I'm now miming a butt with my hands, which is really great. And, you know, then the camera is just slightly back into the right of the butt cheek. And it happens in Mass Effect in the cutscene to Miranda Lawson, almost every single one in Mass Effect 2. And I just, every time I replay it, I'm like... Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it happens in Justice League with Wonder Woman, and that's like... Of all the characters you don't... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just, yeah. And Natasha Romanoff, yeah. Please. Uh, I mean, we, we slipped out of comics and into comic movies now. Yeah, but... I'm sorry. It, but it's... It's but, the I mean, same issue, but yeah, different the, medium. The issue, the issue is exactly the same. Yeah, why are we doing this? Like, I one of the major and enormous reasons that I have I loved the Wonder Woman film was finally Wonder Woman for a start, and 
I loved it because she was so powerful and there was none of that. Mm. And I really appreciated it. Same reason I love Captain Marvel. There was none of that. And I really no, appreciate it. In fact, it. Captain, Captain Marvel does slightly better because there's no romance at all. Oh, thank God. Yes, it was just wonderful. It's a, if anything, it's a buddy movie. I love that, though. It just, I really enjoyed it. Um, please give me more films where women have agency and no love interest. Just so many of those films would be great. That happens yet again with Black Widow. Yeah, I don't think it <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I hold out no hope that that's going to happen. I, no I, in it. I just firmly believe they will... They, they will just, they'll do it. They will. Well, oh, I have a little bit of faith in the director, because um, I don't know if you're familiar with Kate Short and... Not massively, I suppose. Because I've watched three of her but the films that she's done. So there's Law, Somersaults, and blank in the Berlin Syndrome. They all deal, I have to admit, they all deal with sexuality, and all the characters have a relationship of sorts. But, but it's not, as you would like to say, skeevy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it doesn't, it's not even about it being skeevy. It's like, you know, in, there's nothing wrong with, oh, what's his name? Wonder Woman guy. I want to say Clive. No, Steve Trevor. Steve Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, say call him Clive. I was going to say Steve Rogers. Steve, no, hold it from man. Um, there's nothing wrong with Steve Trevor. I just feel like it was unnecessary. I feel like Steve Trevor in general is unnecessary to the Wonder Woman story. I'm sorry, but I do. She's a friggin' superhero. Why does she need a new sidekick? What's the point? The romance part of it, I was just like, ah. Just... Well, in the original comics, I mean, to be uh, to be fair, in the original comics, Steve Trevor performed the Robin function. He was yes. he was somebody for Wonder Woman to rescue, and <laughs> which, when you think about it, in the 1940s, that's quite an interesting that's reverse track. Yeah, I'm here for that. Um, and someone someone to whom the plot could be explained. Okay, okay. Um, he was Robin. And, do, yeah, and but in the film, he had a much more pivotal role. Yeah. And how is he alive in Wonder Woman 2 when he blew up in a plane? Hoping that's going to be explained to us. That's a whole thing mm. that distresses me about Wonder Woman 2. But, no... Um, Don't see the body, they're not dead. <laughs> yeah, that is... Simple as. Even if you do see the body, they're not dead. A lot of the time, in most media, as we discussed many weeks ago. Indeed. Um, but, yeah, no, um, I loved I loved those two films because of the lack of upskirting, butt shot, and the fact that the women in those films were able to do the superhero pose, which is basically standing there with your hands on your hips and your feet about hip width apart and just being a strong, powerful symbol because that's that whole symmetrical, strong pose that we have, that we have in cave frigging chip carvings of kings from a million years ago, literally. Like, this is a symbol of power. This is the shape of power. This is what it is. And we're still using it figuratively with superheroes today. And yet so often female superheroes are put into poses which are hip cocked, looking over shoulder, that whole thing, which removes power from them physically as an imposing and strong image. Yeah. And they didn't do that in Wonder Woman, they didn't do it in Captain Marvel, and I really, really appreciate it. I, I have to admit, when I watched Wonder Woman in cinema, I got so emotional, more emotional than I thought I was going yeah. to Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was in the uh, No Man Land. No oh, Man's my Man's God, Man's. yeah. Cried. Yeah. Just cried. Well, I just sat there and thought, oh my god, this is the film I've been waiting for my whole life. seven years old. I was watching it and I felt like that, and I was sitting next to my mother, who watched, I told my mum to see it, and I, I was sitting next to her, and she obviously watched original Wonder Woman on the TV when she was a kid, She and she, she cried, and you know, Wonder Woman, when we got out, we got out of the cinema, and my mum looked at me, and she, tears in her eyes, and she just said, god, that was so much, and I'm just, that's, I've waited for that for so long. My mum is 60. 
Like, you know, and we, when was it? It's like two years ago. We went to see it. She, you know, yeah. that she was 60 and she's, she'd waited for that for so long to have a female superhero that she looked up to be portrayed in that way, in a way that was respectful and strong and not, she'd seen every Avengers film going. She'd mm-hmm. seen Black Widow. She'd seen that. And she was waiting for Wonder Woman. She was waiting for that strength. And I think also Captain Marvel does something very similar. Mm. There was a great thread. Cannot remember who it was because I got it on a retweet and I can't remember who retweeted it. But it was basically making the point that a lot of people, a lot of male who have reviewed Captain Marvel have completely missed the point because I mean, there's, there's been chatter amongst dudes uh, that the the, fi- <laughs> the final <laughs> well, no, the, the final the final confrontation between uh, between Carol sorry and, is that a good impression of that was quite good <laughs> uh, the, the final confrontation between Carol and Jude Law mm-hmm. whose name I can't remember no doesn't matter uh, it's young, he doesn't matter he's young, not relevant that's the point well yeah. But it's, it's, it's a ridiculous name anyway. It's yeah. the whole the whole thing. He's gaslighting her. Yeah, totally. And then having gaslit her for all the time they've been together. Yeah. He's still gaslighting her. And then he attempts to sort of pat her on the head and say, let's see if you can fight me without using your powers. Yeah. And he and, 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 doesn't he disclaim, say before that, oh, I'm so proud of he you. He does. Yeah, total gaslighting. He does. Absolute gaslighting move. It's horrendous. He does, and and he he then you'll never be any good unless you can beat me without your your powers. Yeah, point, isn't it? And, and she just turns around and goes, "I've got nothing to prove to you." Yeah, and that I've got that, nothing to prove to you is. And we brought this up in so the last powerful. episode, didn't we? Yeah, I am not a woman. Mm-hmm. I do not have that life experience. No, but I know enough women to understand. I think at least that there... that's a really powerful moment. Oh, absolutely! I, I think every woman has had at least one guy in their life whether it be a teacher or a parental figure or anything anyone anyone has had one man in their life say that you, you know has somehow said oh you're you're you need to have my approval yeah you need to yeah. at some point and for, for a female superhero to finally say the thing that takes us so however long it does to realize actually i don't need to prove anything mm. to you is just so empowering and incredible absolutely and, like, and the, the whole thing of like i think and that is part of the the female experience the lived experience of going through your life with that whole thing of what just watching that and seeing it is empowering because you're not used to it and you, you don't give get given those moments and you don't give get given those moments in comics you don't get given them on screen you don't give, get given those moments where women stand up and go no i'm out fuck you and literally just walk there's always got to be a showdown and and for a lot of guys watching it i completely get they the testosterone filled macho showdown is what they're looking for and that's not necessary the it's more powerful to stand and go yeah no i'm done out um goodbye <laughs> it, it just is but really getting back to the the visual of it which is what we started with her turning around and walking away again is done in a way that she is you know they could very easily have done a lovely shot from his angle of her butt you know, like, they all, they, and they didn't. None of that yeah. happened. Well, actually, actually, also, not in that costume they couldn't, because <laughs> that's not how that costume works. Thankfully. Which brings us, again, brings us back to the point we made earlier about the cover of the comic. Yeah. That's not how that that's costume works. not how works. that costume works. I mean, that isn't that costume on that cover, because it's not an off-the-shoulder costume, for a start. Well, it's, about, it's supposed <laughs> to be where ripped. Is, and, where is it? It's again? supposed to be ripped. Where and is it? Oh, it's, it's there yeah. somewhere, see. Oh, there it's supposed to be ripped and torn and... There are so many. It's comments. just interesting. It's ripped and torn. It just looks in that way. But, yeah. <laughs> Come on now. I just, I 
just yeah no. yeah it's just a bad cover but yeah so to see someone like yeah. you know having literally walked out of that cinema mm. just on a cloud nine of wow finally wow i just i feel I feel more affinity for Carol Danvers than I do for Wonder Woman, possibly due to Carol Danvers just being a bit more gritty. And I don't mean that in a DC gritty way. I mean in a she's got grit, yeah, you know, way. Whereas Wonder Woman is so super powered and she's naturally super powered and she's got an elegance and a uh, a godlike elevation to her, which Diana, is different. Diana, Diana is a demigod. She's a demigod, yeah. And she's got all of the, the uh, accoutrements and the tribulations that you have for being a demigod. She is worshipped on a pedestal. Carol is Carol. And I feel like this, it's, for me, Carol is m- more close to my view of how, I, if I could be a superhero, I'd want to be that one. Because the life experiences are not anywhere, anywhere near the same, but they are, you know, you can see how that happens. She lived it in makes, the same world. Yes, yeah, she grew up in the 90s. Yeah. I did that. You know, that's a whole thing. So to see... Well, actually, yeah, I, so I think you'll find her first, her first appearance <laughs> was in 1968. Yeah, yeah. But the Carol in the movies and the Carol, right? Carol in this... I've got no idea. That's my fedora voice. <laughs> and the Carol in this book is 90s Carol. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, you know... To see the movie Carol on the back of the comic, then portrayed like that, just breaks my spirit so much. <laughs> if it's... you want, I can just write a letter to you to stop it. <laughs> They've been known to listen to complaints like that. Yeah, no, right? This is it, isn't it? It's, ah, oh, I just... Just please, stop. I think, <laughs> I think we're probably getting close to a point yeah. where we need to wrap it up, because totally. we've been talking for two hours cool. for a start. I don't know how long this is going to be when I edit it. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> um, I think the way I'm feeling at the moment, is there are, assuming they've made it this far, there are going to be people listening to this conversation who are wondering what the hell we're banging on about. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with any of the things we've just criticised. We're just looking to be offended, and we're making a massive fuss about nothing. There, There will be people out there who have that view. I think if we'd had this conversation 10 years ago, everybody... Would have had that view. And in that sense, progress is being made. We now live in a world where comics by women and people of colour and people who are openly gay and openly trans are not only making comics, but they're making comics about people like them. I, I, I don't I don't want to keep harping on about Max Visaggio, but... I love her work so much. I, so, so do I. And, I mean, oh shit, it's Kim and Kim, features a, a trans woman, one of, the, one of the fighting Kims is trans, you know, and goes into the issues of being trans. You know, her dad dead names her all the time. Yeah. She's, yeah, you know, she, she's, she writes gay characters, not as a way of making a point, but just because, well, that's... Who I understand. That's my life experience. It's in my comic. Get over it. And, you know, you got, you, you've got writers like Gail Simone, who is writing from a, I'm not going to say from a feminist perspective, although probably is, but certainly from a female, very strongly female and feminine perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so we're starting to get different worldviews presented to us in mainstream comics, you know, in Marvel, in DC, not just in little minuscule print run indies. Um, I kind of think that I read. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, because because it, it's always been there yes. in that. Uh, you can go Absolutely. right the way back to the fifties and sixties and find it if you're looking for it. Yeah. The point is you have to look for it. Mm. Whereas now, you know, Captain Marvel is a mainstream comic on rack. Uh, oh shit, it's Kim and Kim is a mainstream. Okay, it's published by um, Black Mask. Black Mask. Yeah, Black Mask. Black Mask. So it's not a major publisher, but it's on the rack mm. in your comic store. You don't have to go looking for it in in weird 
corners of the internet. You know, so and these and then these comics are not controversial. They would have been 15, 20 years ago. They would have been very controversial. And now they're not. So we're getting there, I think. But of course, and again, I don't like to harp on about this either, but I would say that, wouldn't I? Because I'm not affected by any of this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a cis-het white guy. I don't get the looks and the judgments that you two get when you commit the heinous act of walking down the street being female. Um, <laughs> you know, I, so, so I, I'm sure it feels less bad to me than it feels to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm also fairly sure that I feel that the progress is greater than you do. Mm, yeah. Because I don't have a problem with the fact that I'm beginning to lose some of my privilege, but I am noticing I'm beginning to lose some of my privilege. And whilst I genuinely don't care, it colours my response, I guess. I articulated that really badly, but you know what I mean, I think. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think. I think I know what you mean. Um, yeah, the way you look at things. I notice the change more. Yeah, you notice, Be- yeah. Because it, it's, it's, it's... It's not the way it's always been. Yeah, it's not that I would ever want to get away with any of that shit. No. But I am now acutely aware that I could have done once and now I can't. Yeah. And I noticed that. Yeah. Whereas you've never been able to get away with any of that shit. So the fact that you couldn't anymore probably escapes your notice. Yeah, totally. Because our worldviews are different. Because we have different life experience. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, completely. Completely different life experience. Uh, And your life experience is always going to affect the way... You view everything. Everyone has their own personal context from and standpoint from which they view every artwork, every piece of media, every piece of literature, because everyone brings to that table their own history and their own baggage mm. and, you know, their own uh, viewpoints culturally and personally um, to seeing and viewing something. But if you've got three people as different as us all seeing that image and all going, Ugh! Then that yeah. says that, you know, that says a lot. Yeah, and it wasn't, and it wasn't, about that. it wasn't just us. No. And to be fair, although of course there were people who reacted to the reaction <laughs> by saying, what's the problem? Don't see anything wrong with this. You've been too, yeah, yeah. As there were with the um, Poison Ivy cover image as well, they were very much not the majority. The majority reaction was not sure why we're not comfortable with this but we're not comfortable with this which is you know which was my initial reaction absolutely and there's nothing wrong with being not sure why you're not comfortable with it either does that make sense like and yeah it's, it's a thing called like, instinct yeah but also like you were saying you you are becoming aware of things that you would not necessarily have been aware of previously and that then changes the way you would view things like like yeah. you know 14-year-old you would probably not have noticed that there was an issue. Oh, we have to be honest. 14-year-old me was look, would have been looking at an attractive woman in a skin-tight costume, is what 14-year-old me would have been doing. Mm-hmm. I make no apology for 14-year-old me. He was 14. Yeah, totally. 22-year-old you. I will say, say it right now, 22-year-old me was an idiot. Like, you know, complete idiot. I think a lot of people well, are I mean, 22. 20, yeah. 22-year-old anybody is an idiot. Yeah. 47-year-old me still is. Um, you know, so, you know... <laughs> no, I see, no, I was just... I, the only reason I'm hesitating is because 22-year-old me... Uh, yeah, you see, 22-year-old me probably would have had a problem with it because 22-year-old me was weird. Good. In, a, in the sense that by the time I was 22, for a very nearly a decade, almost all my closest friends have been female. And so, although I am in no way saying that 22-year-old me was not a real ledge... Because he was. I mean, he'd also been in a relationship for three years, but at that point, uh, with the woman to whom he's now married. So, you know. But, twenty, yeah, 22-year-old me 
would probably have gone mm, not quite yeah. probably probably even more i've got no idea why this makes me uncomfortable yeah but would have been uncomfortable with it i think yeah um sadly 22 year old me would have looked at it and gone well that's the status quo do you know what i mean which is much more of a problem aha uh-huh. and that's the thing like i'd have gone that's what comics look like that's how women are viewed in comics whereas now i think you know being older uh, I'm much more likely to go, yeah, no, that's not good enough. As the only person here who is still in their 20s, I know you're, <laughs> I know you're not 22. No. No. <laughs> Actually, I've got no idea how old you are, and I'm not asking. Um, but I do know you're still in your 20s. Politeness. Just, just, just hopefully, because I would weirdly with that. Weirdly woke 22-year-old me might have been uncomfortable with it. You would have seen, you would have hated it, but, but seen status quo. Yeah, totally. I'd have just gone, yep, that's what you would yeah, so, so you would, your reaction would have been... That's shit. Yeah, basically. But but it would have been well, that's shit. What can I do? What can I do about it? Yeah. What was your reaction? Um, what would my reaction be as a twenty-two-year-old? Yeah, or even what was your what was your reaction last week when you first saw it? <laughs> um, well, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, it was just <laughs> yeah horror. So horror. Yeah. So there is some there's a generational there's shift. A generational shift, isn't which there? I think is a positive thing. Mm. You know, there was just something just so. Viscerally disturbing. Yes. That is the physical shape you're making for the, for the <laughs> listeners. Yeah, I can't. Do, do you the mime of viscerally I'm disturbed. I'm not, I'm not going to put the face that Alice just pulled in the show notes. Imagine a face of someone who is viscerally disturbed. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that, was, that will haunt my dreams. What was, your, what was your earlier phrase? Filled with uneasiness? Yeah. Which I think is the title of the podcast, Absolutely. by the way. Filled with unease. Filled with unease. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. I, do, I think that that is something that is positive about the way we are moving forward in media, in that you, in your 40s, and me in my late 30s, and you at some age, um, which we will leave <laughs> it's undetermined. Okay. It's okay, you don't, have to, you don't have to try and suppress the 40s. I'm 47, I'm nearly fucking 50. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we are tail ending our generation of the the decades. Yikes! Um, but really, like that that difference in the way it's viewed. Obviously, our, the difference in the way I view it to you viewing it is you're a dude and I'm not. Um, so you viewing it and having that reaction at that age because you have a lot of female friends and you could see how that would be. Yikes! I, yeah, is you know if I was probably if I was a guy at twenty two, I probably wouldn't have given a shit because I was an asshole at twenty two. Like I'm not gonna mess about. Um, but as 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 a not guy, um, I kind of looked at it and I you know I, I looked at a lot of things when I was twenty two, and I you know I read a lot of dreadful manga, and I look at like the stuff that I looked at then, and I am just like I completely accepted all of this crap women treated dreadfully because that's what it was in media and that is what i thought was acceptable at the time and now i look at it and i go why did i ever think that but i didn't have i don't think at that time i didn't have the freedom to think differently um and there was no real way of me figuring out that there was a way to not consume that media specifically because mm. you know the internet was yay big and there just wasn't that much oh, access you, to you in- sweet summer child right <laughs> the, the like, internet was tiny really oh bless you when i went to comic we've had this conversation about when i went to comic shops when i was at university when i was 19 and it was the most terrifying place of all of those pictures and i was just oh like, i could well i'm just gonna go look for archie because that's safe you know like literally <laughs> that was you know and and strangers in paradise my friend was there to buy um thanks harry moore 
showing me another way. Um, admittedly, I didn't read it till many, many years later, but I knew it existed, so that was okay. But really, that was kind of my entire gamut at that age was I've got either Terry Moore or I've got Marvel and DC doing whatever they're doing, which was cool and I liked it. But if I wanted to like read female heroes, I was looking at really bad manga and a lot of upskirt shots and thinking that that was all that I could have. And now I've got Captain Marvel. You know? It's an improvement, isn't it? It's a huge improvement. But that's you know, generationally, I think that that difference shows like just how much it is improving mm-hmm. and we can see an improvement. But I do think you've got to look back to be able to see. Yeah. Where well, we I mean, so the fact that we're having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Um, this is not a conversation we would have thought to have had. No, I definitely wouldn't. I, I was, yeah, this is it. So I'm yeah, when when I was your age, Alice, this is not. A... Shall we just state what my age is, just to break? <laughs> Frankly, I'm fascinated. Uh, Twenty-seven. All right. Um, wow, we're like almost exactly ten, 10 years. years between us. That's crazy. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, when I was twenty-seven, we would we would simply not have thought to have had this conversation. No. My best mate is a girl. We were reading comics together at 27 mm-hmm. actually we were by that time we were reading them separately 300 miles apart and then ringing each other up <laughs> to talk about them and Babylon 5 obviously Babylon, really 5. Babylon 5 um but and you know Andrea hello Andrea if you're listening you're not um hi, is you know I'd like to say hi to Andrea too even though she's I Andrea no I did yeah you did yeah yeah she pitched up dressed as um Clara Kent Oh, again. Cross, yeah. Crossblade. Yeah. Oh no, cool. I'm mixing up somebody else from your past. Oh yeah, you've, you, oh god, you've met Rachel. Yes. Yeah, oh, Lou said about that one better. And, and, and you know, Andrea is, you know, very much a feminist. Mm-hmm. And we still wouldn't have had that conversation. Oh, yeah, the yeah. closest we ever got to that conversation was the description of Barbie going into a comic shop in the Sandman story arc, A Game of You, to get a comic to put on Wanda's grave. Uh, spoilers for a 35-year-old comic, because Wanda was a trans woman, and she died, and her family took the body and yeah. cut her hair. And, and, did and the body. only thing Barbie could do was go to a comic shop and get a comic <laughs> to put on Wanda's grave. And she describes going into a comic shop and how gut-churningly awful it was as a woman, as a pretty blonde woman, to be going into that place mm. and the eyes on her. and It had never occurred to me. Uh, to that point, that that would be a, an experience that a person could have. Yeah, even as a filthy punk rat, it was just not cool. But when it was, say it, like... when it was when it was pointed out to me by Neil Gaiman, God bless him, um, and when I spoke about it with Andrea, I understood almost immediately. Oh shit! Actually, yeah, I recognise that comic shop. Mm-hmm. I've been in that comic shop. Yeah, it was my old comic shop in Leicester. And I've seen I've seen that happen, mm-hmm. and it didn't occur to me it was a bad thing. Yeah, but now it's been pointed out to me. Yeah, it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I would not like that to happen to me. No. Um, so, and the, but that's, that's what the, the whole kind of shit is about, isn't it? Yeah. I would not like that to happen to me. That's the closest. That's the closest that we ever got to having that conversation. Yeah. And so, so yeah, like when I was at twenty-seven, I would not have had that this this conversation. No. It wouldn't have occurred to me this conversation needed to be had. So I think we have come somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, God yeah, alone knows sure. where we're going, but I think it's probably better than here. Yeah, I hope so. God, I hope so. Are we just talking about in general? <laughs> <laughs> the second God, I hope so, was definitely in general. But yeah, the, yeah. yeah, definitely. On that reasonably optimistic but weirdly glum-sounding note, we are going to leave this discussion there. Um, this may well be the, sec- the, the second of two parts. It might be the first of one part. I don't even know what we're doing with it. But anyway, for now, definitely, it is. Goodbye from Alice. See ya. <laughs> It is goodbye from that. Bye.
And it's goodbye from me. We will see you again, hopefully next week. But whenever it is, we'll see you at the gates. Thank you for listening to the Geeks at the Gate podcast. us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate or contact us on Twitter at geeks at the gates or contact us by email on mail for geeks at the gates at gmail.com that is the number four not the word geeks at the gates is a production of Venus Rising Media and is proudly made in Yorkshire <laughs>